Well, good morning, church family. How you doing out there? Well, if you didn't know, we started this week our first Thursday night worship service. Can y'all give a big hand clap of praise for that? So if you're listening online or if you're here and you know somebody that would really benefit from being here on Thursday nights, invite them, tell them, hey, we just started a service on Thursday nights. If you're working on Sundays, it's okay. Now you can come into the house of the Lord on Thursdays. Will you stand with me? As we get ready to worship the Lord, find somebody that you don't know or that you do know, shake their hand, tell them, glad to see you here in church. Let's worship the King.
Church. Come on, you know, I know I'm asleep this morning. Morning, church. Welcome to everyone here this morning, those of you who are online as well. I'm Bobby Woods, the discipleship pastor here. Um, you know, I, I'm, you all know I love to read. And one of my favorite things to do, of course, is just sit down with the Bible and just try and garner as much as I can from every time I read it. And of course, one of the best ways to do that is to you can go in and you can look at the original languages because all of our English translations are just that. They're just translated from either the Greek of the New Testament or the Hebrew of the Old Testament. Now, some words aren't translated at all. They're transliterated. That means they take the, the letter that most matches the letter of the other alphabet, kind of like the word for baptism is actually the Greek word baptismo. If you were to translate it, it would be called to dunk. Well, one of the best things that, that I found in the last few weeks is the name of our God in heaven is Yahweh. It is spelled Y-W-H-W. Now, in Hebrew, which is what originally was written in, there were no vowels in Hebrew. Everything is a constant. And they just kind of knew what vowel sounds to add during reading of their Hebrew. And when you read Yahweh, you have to understand that it comes back to the idea of breath. Every time you breathe in, and you breathe out, you are saying the name of God with every breath you take. Isn't that awesome? Every breath you take, you are saying the most holy name the name is above every name, Yahweh, the one who loves us more than we can begin to imagine. Yahweh, the one who sent his son to die for you. In these next few moments as we go to take communion, we have communion stands all over the room that had the little bread on the bottom and the juice on top. It is to remind you of the great sacrifice that Yahweh gave in giving us his son. That is awesome. Let's pray together. Father God, we just praise you this morning. Father, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would just fall upon this place. And just like, Father, when you breathed into man, Yahweh, you brought him to life through your breath, through your presence. So, Father, I would pray that we would feel your presence this morning. Father, that you would anoint Stu and the worship team. Father, as they continue to lead us towards you. 
and for Pastor Dave and for his message this morning, Father, we pray that you would just anoint him, Father, that he would bring out the exact words that we all need to hear. Father, we love you, and it's obvious you love us because you gave us your son. It's in his name we pray. Amen.
Worship His holy name. 
is failing the angels near and my time has come still my soul sing your praise up church all right all right man we are so glad you guys are here like Stu said uh, we kicked off Thursday night with our first service of the weekend which is now uh, kind of the way things roll it's Thursday nights the first service of the weekend I had a great night glad you guys are here today if this is your first time here man we are so so glad uh, that you came to check things out and I hope you'll stop at the I'm new wall big orange wall in the lobby you can't miss it or at one of the tents uh, out in the front of the back uh, we've got a special gift for you out there we're starting a brand new series this weekend that I'm really pumped about and I hope that it will be meaningful to you I hope you'll invite friends and encourage them to come because it's all about getting better getting better it's not about having the perfect family a lot of us would love that but the reality is guess what there is no perfect family right you know why there's no perfect family because there is no perfect marriage hard to have a perfect family without a perfect marriage you know, you know why there is no perfect marriage because there are no perfect people and so it all kind of is a cyclical a trickle down effect and so instead of trying to be perfect because if you try to be perfect if you try to be like okay I, you know the Brady's or you know whoever you know from whatever area you watch TV shows you know if you try to be that perfect family you're going to drive yourself bonkers because that perfect family 
first of all, was a made-for-TV thing. And second of all, when you start unpacking it, it really wasn't that perfect anyway. It all had kind of stuff. In fact, here's something really interesting. You know, when you look through the Bible and you read about families in the Bible, I challenge you to find a perfect one. In fact, I challenge you to find a family that's talked about in the Bible that's not dysfunctional. They've all got stuff. That's why God used them to teach us and to show us stories. But we'd love, we'd love to have that. So here's the deal. Here's the deal real quickly, and we're jumping right in. I'm going to encourage you to stick with us for eight weeks. Because here's why I'm going to encourage you. Here, I know what's already going through some of your minds. Oh, I'm not married. I'm single, so I can check out for the next eight weeks. No, no, because everything we're going to talk about is just great principles for living in general. And who knows, someday maybe you won't be single, and it's good stuff to know now, all right? All right? Or other people are saying, well, if you knew how bad my family is, how messed up and jacked up my family is, you wouldn't even be talking about it because we're so far gone, it ain't even worth talking about. Now, that's not a reason to check out. In fact, that's a reason to show up and to show up early and be ready and take notes because God's got incredible stuff that he wants to teach you and to teach all of us because the reality is while the perfect family doesn't exist we would all like to have something that resembles perfection in fact when it comes to establishing a home we would all kind of like the perfect balloon lego house all right. It is, you know, suspended, floating in air, spectacular, colorful, 653 pieces. I may or may not have counted as I was trying to put them together. Uh, it's not Lego. Another just, just tidbit, kind of extra advice. Legos and bifocals don't usually work together really, really well. Okay. Especially small Legos. But we'd all like to have something like this. And for us to have something that even is close to resembling this, there's three things you got to have. It is critically important that you've got an instruction manual. And that you debunk, if you're a dude, that you debunk any theory of guys not reading the instructions. Because you will not make this if you don't read the instructions. It won't happen, alright? And, and there's applications that you'll see throughout the rest of the series. But, so you got to have the instruction manual. you got to have all the pieces. Now, I do have a complaint with Lego. Because this thing came in a box with eight plastic bags that were all numbered one through eight. What's the logical conclusion to that numbering system? That if you open bag one and begin with bag one, you will put all the pieces together for the first part of the house that are all in bag one. No, 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 no. (laughs) It didn't work that way. You open bags, it became obvious, okay, the dog and the people are in bag eight. Don't need them. The little chains to hang the house, they're in bag seven. But bags one through six were all over my desk. And I'm looking for little white squares like I can't find in fact to be honest although this is a great house there's a little white square missing I don't know where it is I don't even really know where it went but I got it together without it all right but you got to have the instruction manual and you do have to have all the pieces you do have to have all the pieces 
And for the home situation, you got to have an instruction manual, God's word. You got to have all the right pieces. And everybody in the equation has to be willing to do their job, to do what they're called to do, what they're responsible for, have to be willing to do that. Or otherwise, something's not going to work out right, okay? And so you got to be willing to do all those things. But the reality is... Here's the reality. The reality is that while we'd love to have this, a lot of us would say, this is very much more applicable to our house. The roof's caved in, the walls aren't up, the fence isn't square, some of the fence is laying down, the balloons, they've already lost their helium, they're not together, and this is how we feel at home a lot of the time. And so what do we do with that? And and because we dreamed of this, we dreamed of this kind of house, and there's all these stages in building a home or a family that you go through. There, there is that, there's that dating stage, okay? You, some of you still, are conscious enough to remember that remember the dating stage and and everything was like glorious you know you know she was spectacular you had never seen another human created like that in your life guys you know what i'm talking about right all right and and ladies he was he was like dreamy or whatever the word is i don't know i'm a dude anyway but you know ladies you know what i'm talking about you know and it was just like oh this this is it. This is it. And so you go through the dating phase for a while. You're thinking, this is, thank you, God. You created them just for me. They're the only human being on the planet. And they were created just for me. First of all, that's not true. But anyway, the, you know, the, the, it was wonderful. And then so you say, it's time to take the next step. And you get engaged. And he's like, this is going to be, this is, this is going to be great. Now, usually what happens in the engagement period is you at least begin to unpack some of the dating period stuff and you realize that it's not perfect because <laughs> you start planning this event called called a wedding and and, and you're you're trying to get 100% agreement on everything for that event just between the two of you. And then, you know, inevitably, parents get involved and friends get involved. And all of a sudden, that glorious, that glorious, you know, relationship has tentacles on it. And you're not really sure about the tentacles, but it still feels pretty good. So, like, we're going to go, we're going to roll with this, all right? And so then, then you get married, all right? And then you get married and you actually, like, like, oh... I'd never heard that noise before. Um, <laughs> it is okay to laugh in church, by the way. <laughs> and you're like, Ooh, yeah, okay, here we go. <laughs> here we go. And let's see if we can get through this, right? And, and, and so then you're kind of, by the time you're kind of trying to figure that out, and like, what's going on? Okay, and then these... <laughs> Then these tiny humans come along into your life. And you thought that's what you wanted. You really thought that was what you wanted. And that it was going to be so wonderful pushing the stroller around the neighborhood and giving the bottle. But nobody really explained three o'clock in the morning to you before that little human came along. 
and now you know three o'clock in the morning all too well and which one of you is getting up at three o'clock in the morning and then then you know, and you think that's bad <laughs> oh oh you think that's bad and I, i'm sorry because i know some of you, i'm looking around right now and i'm so, i'm seeing some of you guys that got brand new humans at your house and and it's <laughs> it's awesome and it's great but oh my goodness <laughs> hold on tight because that three-year-old they're going to put a one in front of it at some time and then it gets really like woo, uh, you know and you know parenting is hard and, and so you've gotten to this dating and engagement and marriage and and parenting and you're doing there and, and and then you're like you know woo, oh no it didn't make it that person you said I'll love and cherish for better, for worse, in sickness and in health, till death do us part. They departed before death came along. But it feels like death. It feels like death. Or maybe, unfortunately, in some situations, and I'm looking around and see some, some of you, death did happen. And it wasn't divorce, it's you're a, a widow or a widower. And all of a sudden you're figuring out life now differently. And that person that used to write all the checks and keep track of all the money. Or that person that knew how to start the lawnmower or the vacuum cleaner and how to clean it out. Or whatever it was that, that they did, and now you're doing it all. Family's tough. Family's tough. You know why family's tough? Because life is hard. Way to be there, church. (laughs) Life is hard, but God is so good. In the midst of our mess-ups, in the midst of broken-down houses and extra pieces that didn't get plugged in in the right place at the right time, we're trying to figure out, what in the world do I do with these now? Or maybe we've realized that this house is a wreck, and we think, oh, yeah, there is an instruction manual. God, now we're trying, and now we're trying to take broken pieces and put back in a broken house and try to do this. Hang tight. Hang tight. Because all we're really trying to do is get better. Now, one of the things that really gets confusing in this, in this drama is when stuff happens and the house starts falling apart and, and and kids aren't doing like what you thought and your spouse isn't doing like what you thought or they're completely gone, inevitably in the overwhelmingly spiritual world of social media, somebody somewhere is going to post something that's going to make you feel oh so much better. They're going to type on something that you wrote and they're going to say, well, Everything happens for a reason. The implication of that phrase is that God said it. Everything happens for a reason. And in fact, I watched something yesterday on, on, on one of the social media things I've had from a movie about this guy. Well, you know, I needed patience, so God put me through hell. And I needed this, and I needed that. And like, all that stuff that we go through. That comes from the pits of hell, not from God. God's design was never to make us sick. 
Never to create problems in our life. Never to have marriages go awry. Never to have children with issues. That's not God's design. That comes from the pits of hell. And so what we've got to understand is that phrase, everything happens for a reason. God never said it. God doesn't believe it. It's not part of who he is. In fact, not only do we need to scratch God off as being the author of that, we just need to scratch the phrase completely and replace it with this. Instead of everything happens for a reason, how about we say, because that's what God says, is anything can be redeemed. Anything can be redeemed. No matter how jacked up, whacked up it is, God didn't cause it, but he can help fix it if we allow him to. So now let's get our Bibles, all right? Romans chapter 8. We're going to go hard here for just a few minutes, but we're going to dig through Romans chapter 8 because we got some important stuff that we got to see that comes right from God that helps us understand how we can fix broken relationships, broken homes, broken families, and maybe not make them perfect, but make them better, okay? Romans chapter 8, verse 1, okay? Let's see what it says, all right? So there, so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Wait a minute. You must not have heard that. No, no, no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. I really assumed everybody, anybody in here that belonged to Christ Jesus would have cheered at that particular moment. No condemnation. Thank you, Brett. I knew I could count on you. All right. Because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death it wasn't god that caused death god's design was that people would live forever and that eternity would start the moment that you entered the planet and on the be it but sin satan's sin brought death into the world the law of moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature so god did what the law could not do he sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have and in that body God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins he did this so that the just requirement of the law will be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature but instead follow the spirit see once sin in the world there had to be a punishment for that sin there had to be a penalty for that sin there had to be death for that sin and all through the Old Testament as God's trying to reconcile and God's trying to redeem people he he taught about the the, the whole concept of sacrifice and it was typically most importantly and for the most outrageous sins it was always the death of the firstborn firstborn lamb perfect sheep perfect whatever and then Jesus came along who was the what firstborn son of God the only son of God the lamb to redeem the sins of the world jesus came to take what we couldn't take on our own and now that god can redeem anything i know he can redeem i know god can redeem anything because he's already redeemed the worst thing sin is the worst thing 
Our sinful nature is the worst thing because it leads to our total destruction. Not just now, not just for a season here on earth, not just for the teenage years, not just for the married years, not just for the divorced years. Sin claims us forever, but Jesus takes away that sin. And so what God has already done is he's redeemed the worst thing. What makes you think he can't deal with your thing? Do me a favor right now, everybody. You might need to lay your stuff down the side because you need to get at least one hand free, all right? I want everybody in the room to reach down and touch an ankle right now. Go. All right? Look like people all over the room are moving. Every pastor always has wanted to say that. But anyway. You know what I know? I know this. If every person in here can touch your ankle... I don't even have to ask you if you can touch your nose. Because if you can touch the thing that's the farthest away, you can touch the thing that's pretty close. And if God can redeem that which is farthest away, he can take care of that which is closest to you. He can take care of the very thing that you're struggling with. He can take care of the very thing that you think is wrecking your family and that is wrecking you on the inside. If God can redeem the worst, he can also redeem the smallest thing in your life let's go on let's look at verses five and six all right those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things but those who are controlled by the holy spirit think about things that please the spirit so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death but letting the spirit control your mind leads to peace see god gives us his spirit he guides our minds into life and if you're controlled by the sinful nature Get this, listen. If you are controlled by the sinful nature of who you are, guess what? You are taking that sinful nature into every relationship that you are a part of in life. You are taking that sinful nature into that person that you pledged your life to forever. You are taking that sinful nature into those little humans that you brought into the world. And if you've been blessed to the point of having those little humans grow into big humans who have other little humans that you get to call grandkids and they're awesome and they're wonderful. But if you still have that sinful nature controlling you, you're taking it into your grandparenting as well. We've got to get rid of that sinful nature. But the beauty is, if on the other hand, you are controlled not by that nature, not by that spirit, the spirit of the flesh, but if you are controlled by the Holy Spirit, you are taking the spirit of peace into every one of your relationships, into your dating, into your marriage, into your parenting, into your grandparent. You are taking that spirit, that spirit of peace into the situation and bringing hope into hopeless situation. Let's go on. Verse 9. Verse 9, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living them do not belong to Him at all. That is kind of scary. See, what, what, what Paul was saying is you can't claim 
You can't claim to have given your life fully to God and have this this spirit of sin still dominating your life. You can't be controlled by that nature if you are a child of God. You will have surrendered that. And you see, the beautiful part of that is there is a moment in time that Scripture tells us when we get that spirit living in us. The day of Pentecost, people ask Peter, what do we do now? We just killed the Messiah. What do we do now? And Peter said, you need to repent and be baptized. Every one of you, two things will happen. The forgiveness of all your sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit living in you. And now all of a sudden that spirit is living in you. And so now you can bring that spirit of peace into every relationship that you have in your life. You cannot be dominated by flesh, but you can be dominated by the Spirit. Verse 10, go on, go on. It says, and Christ lives within you, so even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, and just as God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living within you he has the power to redeem death he has the power to redeem the worst in life and to give the hope of heaven here i hope this isn't a spoiler alert or a spoiler but so it's spoiler alert time here we're all gonna die every one of us in here is gonna die Unless something much better happens and Jesus comes back before that time. But outside of that, we're all going to die. And so if it's going to happen to all of us, wouldn't we want to take the Holy Spirit that's going to give us the spirit of peace with us and let that usher us into eternity with God? And here's why that's important. A lot of you guys in here. A lot of people that were here on Thursday night. A lot of people will be here at 11 o'clock this morning. a A lot of people have trusted God with their eternity. That's awesome. That's awesome. And if we can trust God with our eternity, I believe we can trust Him with our present. I believe we can trust Him with whatever is going on right now. If we say, oh, I'm going to heaven, here's the problem. Here's the problem. Social media tells you that every person who dies goes to heaven. I hate it when anybody loses somebody. But I I see all the time people that are like, I'm not the judge, but they're absolute scoundrels on this planet. Until the day they're up on Main Street and everybody's streaming by them and talking about what a wonderful person they were. Now, it's inappropriate, I know, but come on. Haven't you wanted to stand there sometimes and go, no, they weren't. I don't want somebody to say that about me. I want the way I live my life to come as close as possible to meshing up with the way God wants me to live my life and the God, way God calls me to. And the only way to do that is if I align the Spirit with my Spirit, the Holy Spirit with my Spirit. 
so that I can trust him in my daily life, just like I do with my attorney. We got to move. We got to cruise. All right, verse 12. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by it, it dictates you will die. If through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. Obviously, he's talking there about eternity. The, the Holy Spirit has the power to put death, the, put to death the sins of our life. Isn't that a good thing? Because I know some stuff about some of you. But I know all the stuff about me. And I'm thankful that the Holy Spirit puts that stuff to death. Verse 14, keep going. Is that, that's an ugly back of a bald head. <laughs> Verse 14, there we go. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you have received God's Spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. Here's where we find out we get that unbelievable relationship that's, that's, not, that's not about titles. That, that term Abba is not about the title. It's about the relationship. And do you know how that, that word Abba that is throughout Scripture and other historical... You know how that word is best translated in our language today? Daddy. It's Daddy. You've got someone who wants you to call him daddy. And it's the best thing you can ever hear in your life. Unless you're a mom. On earth, I get that. That's the best. But he wants that relationship with us, not the title. It's all about the relationship. Somebody, somebody last week was asking me, you know, what do we want, what do you want us to call you? Do you want us to call you like, you know, reverend or brother or pastor? I was like, just Dave works really good. Because anytime you put a title, I don't care what your title is, anytime you put a title in front of your name. Okay. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Uh, Wonderful having security around. Anytime you put a title in front of your name, guess what? I'm now standing on a pedestal. Somebody knocked that pedestal out from under me. Pretty easy. Pretty easy. It's everything I can do to stand on Dave. I, guys... I struggle with that enough. Because <laughs> Dave is a husband. Dave started off as a son. Dave is a husband and a dad and a poppy. I struggle enough getting all those anywhere near right. Putting titles in there. And God doesn't want us to worry about titles. He wants us to think about him as daddy. Abba, father. It's all about relationship. Verse 18. Verse 18. Yet what we suffer now. Wait a minute. We may just skip over this. I'm not sure. Has anybody here ever suffered? Okay. 
for those of you we'll go over this for those whose arms was broken we won't but anyway <laughs> what we suffer now is nothing what are you talking about you don't know how bad i'm suffering but stay with it what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory that he will reveal to us later Amen. to us later so while we may suffer now one day we're going to be glorified you know so sorry sorry keep suffering it's about to get better keep suffering it's going to get better and and we we all get excited about change oh man oh god i just want god to change things my marriage is so bad god i just want you to change you know when we want god to change it right now right now just do it now you know what i want to be skinny i'm not even that concerned about no hair but i'd like to be skinny right now go doesn't work that way does it doesn't work that way if you want to be skinny, you got to push back from the table. You got to go to the gym. You got to do more, well over 10,000 steps a day. You got to lift weights. You got to do all that stuff like that. See, we all want the change and we want it now. And Paul said, sometimes you're going to have to suffer. But if you suffer now, the change is coming. If you're going through suffering now, the change is coming. And sometimes you might have to go through hell to avoid hell. Hmm. Hmm. Because our suffering here is temporary. But glory, it's eternal. Let's finish this up. Verse 26. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. Praise God. I got plenty of that. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. You ever been so upset about something you didn't know what to pray? It wasn't as much that you weren't willing to pray. You didn't know what to say. You couldn't put together words in a phrase, much less a sentence. All that could come out of your mouth was pain and groaning. And guess what? That's the Holy Spirit speaking on your behalf. He's taking those groans and he's translating those right to the Father. Right to the Father. Go back to what it says there. And the Father who knows all the hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. He wants to make things right no matter how hard it gets. No matter how heavy, no matter how dark, no matter how anguishing, we have access to the presence of God in prayer. And even when we don't know what to pray, He intercedes for us. Any parents in the room ever prayed for your kids? What do you pray for them? I think we just need to simplify it sometimes. Yeah, I'd love it if my kids were rich. I'd love it if they were just wealthy beyond imagination because they could take care of me. (laughs) Uh, At the end of the day, you know all I really want? I just pray that they love God with all their heart and that they follow him and they make disciples. Because if they do that, everything else is going to work out. So maybe we just need to simplify it. 
Maybe we just need to simplify it and, and, and cut right to the quick, cut right to the basics. Here's the things we're doing today as we leave here today. We, we are, for, for the next eight weeks, we're going to give you a prayer challenge. I'm going to give you this challenge. And, and on, like up here on the sides, on the front, and on that table in the back, and out in the lobby, there's all kinds of places where there's four stacks of prayer cards. Four stacks of prayer cards, all right? There's one stack that's for singles. And says so at the top, you can see. There's one stack that's for married people. There's one stack that's for parents. And there's one stack that's for grandparents. <laughs> and I know some of you are thinking, but, but I'm married and I got kids and grandkids. Great, you're an overachiever. Get three cards. <laughs> but I promise you, if you will get those, the cards that apply to you. Some of you are single and parents. Get two cards, all right? All right? If you get the cards that apply to you and pray, there's three simple prayers on each card. You do that for the next eight weeks and see if God won't do something. See if God won't change hearts and change lives. But we got to get busy doing something about it. Because here's the truth. You can write this down. We can't expect godly wins without pursuing godly ways. It won't just happen. It won't just happen. Verse 28. Last one from the Romans that we're going to give you. This is it. You ready? This is it. God never said everything happens for a reason. Here's what Paul said about God. And we know that God causes everything to work together. Doesn't say everything's always going to be good. Doesn't say it happened for a reason. But he'll work everything together for good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. He didn't say everything's going to be good. He didn't say he caused everything to happen. He didn't say everything happens for a reason. Look, if, if, if he caused everything and everything that happened was good and it was always for a reason, there would be nothing to be redeemed, right? But there is stuff to be redeemed. And see, here's the reality is God loves you no matter what. No matter where you are, no matter what you've done, no matter who you've done it with, God loves you. And even if right now, when we're talking about relationships, even if right now, stay with me, even if right now, right now, maybe today, you are right now in a relationship that is not godly and you know that it's not godly. And there's several reasons why, and you know which ones, right? And you are in an ungodly relationship. Here's what I want you to hear me say loud and clear. God still loves you. God still loves you. Now, (laughs) he doesn't want you to stay there. And that verse says he's working all things out for the good. He's working to get you out of that ungodly relationship. He's working to get you into a godly relationship. He still loves you even when you're far from him, but he doesn't want to let you stay there until you totally turn your back on him. You totally turn your back on the Apostle Paul named a couple guys by name in the Bible. Of all the two guys, of all the people in the Bible named, Paul names two guys that I've turned them over to Satan. <laughs> Woo! Glad it wasn't me. But it was because they didn't want to, they didn't want to listen. They said, okay, fine, go do, how's that working out for you? How's that working out for you? Because see, here's what I want you to hear me say. He doesn't want you living by the flesh. That's worldly standards. He wants you living by his will. That's a godly standard. That's how he wants you to live. 
and he's forgiven your sin he's removed your shame he's rescued your heart he's redeemed your past he's taken broken pieces and put them back together let me show you something as we wrap this up i don't know you may you may know what kintsugi is i think i'm saying it right I didn't know what kintsuki was either until this week and I started studying. Kintsuki is an amazing Japanese tradition and Japanese art. The word itself means golden joinery. It's taking things that are broken and putting them back together, mainly pottery. Look at some of these pictures of broken vessels. See, kintsuki is the Japanese art of taking broken pottery... And instead of wrapping it up and throwing it away, taking it and mending it, not with Gorilla Glue, but with gold. Pure molten gold and pouring it into the cracks and letting it solidify. It's taking that which is broken and putting it back together with something that is precious. Sound familiar? That's exactly what God did when he allowed his precious son to come and die for our sins. He took that which was broken and he put it back together with something that was precious. That pottery didn't get broken for a reason. That pottery got broken because somebody was clumsy, right? And they dropped it. They knocked it off the shelf. It wasn't intentional unless they were mad at somebody and threw it and then that's on them. That's on them, not on God. See, the bottom line, take this away. Take this away. From this very first day, things are broken and messed up at, at home. Transformation is possible. Transformation is possible. These things in here, my goodness, I mean, you, you know, you guys know what regular Legos look like? These things are crazy, stupid, all right? But you know what? Their heart is a rock. You can't break these puppies. And and these little notches on the top that you can't get to go into the other hole. You can't tear one of them off. You know what that tells me? That it's always possible for Legos to be put together. And no matter how bad your situation is, God can always put it back together. Peter said this, And the God of all grace... Who called you to his eternal glory in Christ Jesus. After you have suffered for a little while. A little while compared to eternity. Will himself restore you. And then catch these next three words. And make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and all God's people said amen Amen. transformation is possible would you guys stand with me please we're going to have this decision time Jason's back at the decision room back there we'd love to pray with you some other folks would gladly encourage you okay here's what I want you to know wherever you are God loves you I, I want to say one thing real quickly if you're single, God bless you. You are just fine just the way you are. Don't, because we're talking about family, don't in any way think, well, I need to be married so I can be a full Christian. No, you do not. 
In fact, in some cases, it's the worst thing you could do. Because God created you. God created you. Now, if you want to be married, pray about it, but follow God to that. Don't just rush into something. Because it's all about a relationship. There's six wonderful people in this world to me. And those six people, when they're hurting, they have lived from a various period from 33 years down to down to not quite two years. There's never been a single time when one of those six people was hurting and they called me on the phone or they yelled for me and they started out with Pastor Dave. Never. When those six people are hurting or they're excited and they want to share something with me, They either call me daddy or poppy because both of them are based on a relationship and not a title. Your God, your God wants to hear you cry daddy and run to him because he allowed his son to pay for whatever and to do the kintsuki to use something precious to put your broken vessel back together let's think about that as we worship right now if you need to talk to someone head back to the decision room maybe you just need to pray let's worship Jesus
favor and have a seat just for a couple minutes. We're almost done, all right? Hey, don't forget, here's what these prayer cards look like. Uh, like I said, they're up here, over here. They're in the back. They're out in the lobby, on the table out there. Uh, and get those cards. Hey, here's the deal. This Tuesday night is our first Pathways of the Fall. We kind of haven't had one in a couple months with summer. This Tuesday night, 6 o'clock, is Pathways. And so uh, if we want to make sure we get Chick-fil-A for you, Right? You want it? All right. So please sign up. And if you haven't signed up, you can't get online and do it. See me, see Jason today, and we'll get you signed up for Pathways Tuesday night, 6 o'clock, first, second, third step. Uh, you're invited to come three times to get through all three steps, okay? Second thing, Chanda Pierce. It's going to be amazing because tickets are gone, all right? If you got questions about tickets, Kim will be out in the lobby. If you reserved some tickets, called in, reserved them, please go out in the lobby, send a service over and see her and make sure that you're still going to take those tickets because we got people that want tickets. And if you reserve tickets and you're not going to use your tickets, we want to give them your tickets, all right? So please go out there and, and, and see Kim out in the lobby, okay? Hey, we really... We really love uh, our staff and what we do, and uh, we, 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 we try to do, we keep trying to do a better job of celebrating incredible, incredible staff. And so one of the things that we've decided that, that years ago we were going to do is all, always celebrate five-year anniversaries, all right? And so somewhere in give or take a week, different people come at different times, but uh, hey, you did make it. <laughs> Dude, you're the only person I know that has a mail carrier that brings me a note during the middle of the sermon that says, Matt can't make it right now. <laughs> all right, so uh, you don't get this, all right? So just sit there. No, come here, Matt, come here. <laughs> all right? <laughs> Love you, man. This guy's done everything from being a member here, a deacon here, an elder here, and now a staff person here. And somewhere right around this time is, is five years. Five years, all right? You give or take. Hang tight. Calista, you in here, sweetheart? Where you at, girl? Come on. Also, about the same time, five years ago, Callista took on the role of nursery coordinator and making sure that our tiniest ones that are here get loved on and taken care of. And so we appreciate you so, so much. Now, I got a job for you. Are you like hooked up? Are you like plugged into something? Okay, you take that to him. This is 15 years that Todd's been back there. Um, Yeah, yeah, make sure, make sure he gave you his, not your, or yours, not his. You've been here longer, all right? All right. So we just want to say thanks to these people and love on our staff a little bit. So if you see them out in the lobby around today, love on these people, okay? Thank you guys. Thank you guys. One more thing. One more thing. One more thing. Joe and Ashley, come here. Some of you guys know full well, know full well that um, these guys are part of our church. They are part of, uh, as far as I'm concerned, they are part of our staff. Uh, they just live a long way away most of the time. Joe and Ashley are, are missionaries in Italy. They've been home for a couple of months now, touring around, uh, talking to other churches that support them. And they're going back this week, right? Wednesday. Wednesday. All right. So here's the deal. First of all, Wednesday, you need to be praying for safe travel. 
all right, for safe travel. Uh, but also you need to be praying that they're changing the world. All right, because that's what we are all about. So we love you guys. We love you guys. I know some of y'all support them personally. I know classes and groups do that. And we, anytime they're around, we want everybody, because some of y'all are new, just started coming here since they were here and left. All right. So you don't know this Joe and Ashley that we talk about. All right. So we wanted to, and we want to pray for you guys today. So if, would you guys stand back up with me? And if you would, just like we did at the park, if you can't, obviously you can't touch them, but you just extend a hand and let's pray over them, okay? Father God, we thank you so much for all that you're doing. God, we pray travel safeties and mercy and health upon Joe and Ashley. God, there are people in Italy that don't know you And they don't know that they're about to get ambushed with the love of God from this wonderful couple. So God, would you watch over them? Would you bless them? Would you increase their ministry? Would you increase their territory? And in everything they say and do, may they give you all glory, honor, and praise. And know that their family back here is praying for them. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. Let's go love God. Love people. Let's change the world. All right? See you guys. Come to your next service too.